0: Thank you for joining our podcast here at Peninsula Covenant Church. Stay tuned as together we'll study God's Word. All right, PCC, I am so excited for what's going to come after this bumper. I want to introduce my good friend who's going to bring the word today. His name is Gabe Garcia. And what you need to know about Gabe is this. He grew up here in the Bay area. He's a graduate of UC Berkeley. He uh, has been in full-time ministry for 16 years. He's been married 13 years with three small kids. He's a Giants fan, a Niners fan, a Warriors fan, but because he lives in Oakland now, Gabe needs to become an A's fan and a Raiders fan, even though they're not in Oakland anymore. They'll always be in Oakland in my mind. Anyway, I digress. What's great about Gabe is this. Six months ago, he moved his family from Los Angeles into Oakland to plant the church. That's right. In the middle of COVID, sensing a call, and he'd sensed it long before COVID, his whole family moved into Oakland to plant a church. And they are seating and walking the streets and praying and doing a great work over there. As a matter of fact, I asked him to open by telling us a little bit about how do you plant a church in the inner city of Oakland during COVID? And then he'll preach the message. So would you please, after this bumper, give a PCC welcome to my friend, Gabe Garcia.
1: Thanks, Gary, for that very kind introduction and PCC. It is great to be with you. My name is Gabe Garcia, and like Gary said, I'm the lead pastor of a new church startup in Oakland, California called New City Church. My family, we moved to Oakland on May 1st, 2020, in the midst of this pandemic. And we came with hopes and dreams and aspirations to start a gospel-centered, diverse, disciple-making church offering joy in Jesus for all people. Now, this pandemic has definitely skewed with some of our timelines, but it has thwarted our mission. Our mission has remained the same. And every step of the way, we have sensed God with us and God going before us. But PCC, I need your help. If you know anybody in Oakland or the East Bay who might be interested in learning more about what we're doing in Oakland, you can follow us at NCC Oakland on Instagram and Facebook, or you can email me directly at gabe.g at nccoakland.org. Today we're continuing our series called Essentials, where we're looking at these essential character traits that are meant to serve us for all of life. And today we're going to be looking at the virtue or the quality of gentleness. Now, even if you're not a follower of Jesus, if you're like me, you're tired and exhausted by all the noise, the yelling, the fighting, the division, and even the the hatred that seems to fill the air we breathe. If you're like me, you long to experience and see gentleness in others, but oftentimes, Gentleness is neglected. I feel like it's one of the most overlooked virtues or qualities in our culture today, and it's overlooked because oftentimes gentleness is associated with being weak or wimpish. Even as a church planter, I feel this temptation. I'm trying to figure out where gentleness fits in because I feel like I have to be strong and driven at all times. I have to have all the answers at the right time in the right way. I have to see the future, know the future, execute the future. Run over a few people, ah, it doesn't matter, as long as you accomplish your goals. Again, I'm trying to figure out, how does gentleness fit into that? So PCC, here's my question for you. Why do you believe that gentleness is a virtue that's often neglected? It's clear, culturally, that gentleness is not a quality trait that we esteem or value. But I think what's interesting and beautiful, that when we look at the Scriptures, biblical strength and biblical gentleness are never at odds with one another. Oftentimes again, we see gentleness as being weak or wimpish, but that's not biblical gentleness. Here's how we're going to define biblical gentleness. Biblical gentleness is controlled strength and displayed grace." Let me say that again. Write it down at home while you're drinking your coffee. Biblical gentleness is controlled strength and displayed grace. Now, I have to admit at the outset that I don't stand before you as someone who has mastered gentleness. It's not hard for me to think and imagine of all the times that I get frustrated or exasperated with my three kids at home, especially in this kind of pandemic Zoom school world. Now, I would like to blame it on the pandemic of 2020. I would like to blame it on the politics of 2020. I would like to blame it on the craziness of 2020. But it's not 2020's fall. 2020 has just revealed something dark in my heart. Dark in my heart, but something that God is wanting to restore. Now before we continue, I wanna anchor us in God's word. I'm gonna read a short portion of scripture from the book of Ephesians, Ephesians 4, 1-3. Paul says this, as a prisoner for the Lord then, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle, be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. Doesn't that sound so refreshing in this moment? In this moment of chaos and division, polarization and hatred. Doesn't this sound refreshing? That we would actually experience unity. And in Paul's mind, the pathway towards unity is us stepping in this virtue of gentleness. I really believe that gentleness can be one of those counter-cultural virtues, one of the ways that we, as followers of Jesus, shine brightly in this dark world. Now here's the thing. God calls us to be in relationship with, to do life with, to, to love and be united to people, people that think differently than us, People that vote differently than us. People that have hurt us or wronged us. Maybe even on a lesser level, you can think of these people. People that just frustrate you and annoy you. God has called us to be unified with such people. And the the pathway towards such unity is our ability to follow the Spirit in gentleness. Controlled strength and displayed grace. Gentleness allows me to walk into some of these situations or walk into some of these relationships, with, with a power and a strength of control. Not just bottling up my emotions, my feelings, my anger or frustrations, but not allowing those emotions to dictate how I walk and how I live. But gentleness takes us the next step going one step further and saying, I wanna step into these relationships and these spaces with this desire to display grace, mercy, and love. It says, I wanna step into these relationships with people that think differently than me, people who frustrate me or annoy me or hurt me, and I wanna communicate love, worth, and relationship. I want you to write those three down. Love, worth, and relationship. Despite the differences, I want to communicate through my words, through my body language, through my touch, that I love you. Despite our differences, I love you. Despite our differences, you're valuable. You're worth so much because you're made in the image of God. And despite our differences, I want to remain in relationship with you. I don't want to cancel you out. I want to remain in relationship with you. Do you understand how countercultural that would be in our world today? We're going to talk more about walking in gentleness. But before we continue, I want us to see gentleness in the heart of God. I want us to see gentleness in the person of Jesus. And then we're going to talk about gentleness in our own lives. So let's talk about gentleness in the heart of God. When we open up the scriptures and we look at God, we see that God is both a God of strength and gentleness, and that these are never at odds with one another. And the pathway towards us experiencing the gentleness of God is our desire to turn back to God. One of the most beautiful pictures of this is the parable of the prodigal son. It's a short story that Jesus told to help us understand the heart of God. I'm sure many of you are familiar with it. It's a story of this young son who leaves his father, turns away from his father, squanders his wealth, makes a mess of his life, and he hits absolute rock bottom. He's got nowhere to go. The only hope that he has of restoration and a new life is if he turns back to his father. And what do we see in the parable? As the son turns back to his father, we see a father who's not waiting to scold him and discipline him. A father who almost foolishly runs to his son to embrace his son. He embraces his son in love and gentleness, mercy and grace. We see a father who in his strength uses his strength to gently embrace his son. And this is what we have to remember, PCC, that we are all the prodigal son. We've all turned away from God. We've all rebelled from God. We've all dethroned God from his proper place in our lives and our our heart. But there there is hope. There is hope for restoration if we will turn back to him. And if we turn back to him, we have to remember this, PCC. Our father delights. He delights. He rejoices in showing his fatherly love, his gentle embrace, his tender care to those who will turn back to him and PCC, our ability to show gentleness to others um, isn't found in our own strength. Our ability to show gentleness to others flows from the gentleness that we have received from our Almighty God. Let me say that one more time. Our ability to show gentleness to others flows from the gentleness we've received from our Almighty God. Maybe you're watching out uh, online, you're out there, and you've sensed that you've been running away from God, maybe you've hit rock bottom, I want to give you hope. There is hope. There is hope of restoration if you will turn back to God. And if you turn back to God, I want to promise you what you're going to receive. You're going to receive the gentle embrace of a Father. How beautiful and how amazing is that reality. Let's look at the gentleness of the Son. Because if we see gentleness in the heart of God our Father, we should see it displayed in God the Son. So let's look at gentleness in the person of Jesus. And this is what we see. Uh, As we read through the Gospel accounts, we see Jesus uh, seems to be doing one of two things when he is interacting with others. He's either rebuking those who are spiritually proud Those who think they're spiritually rich and they have a lot to offer God, Jesus seems to be rebuking those people. Or he's embracing those who acknowledge their spiritual poverty. He's rebuking those who are spiritually proud, or he's gently embracing those who understand their spiritual poverty. And it's always surprising the type of people that Jesus is gently receiving it's sinners and tax collectors. It's prostitutes and lepers. It's children and women. It's everybody who's at the very bottom of society. Jesus enters into those spaces and enters into relationship with those people. Think about this. Jesus, this Jewish rabbi, this teacher and prophet, this truth teller, this healer and miracle worker, this hope giver. He comes to those people and he says, Come to me, and I will give you rest for your souls. Think about how powerful that would have been to those people that are often forgotten and marginalized. Let's look like at Matthew 11, where we see this in its full context, just a couple of verses. Jesus says, Come to me, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Did you hear Jesus? Our King and Savior? Lord of Lords? Did you hear the words that he said? He said, I am gentle. Think of all the other words Jesus could have used to describe himself. King holy, righteous, judge, all of these are true of Jesus, but to those who are weary and burdened, Jesus says, I am gentle. Maybe it's you, maybe it's someone you know. Jesus offers us a rest. He says, come to me, for I am gentle, and I will give you rest. I feel like we're all looking for rest, Every one of us is looking for kind of a fullness of life, joy, peace, and contentment. But oftentimes we think that this rest is on the other end of our work. It's on the other end of our successes and our accomplishments, especially in the Bay Area where everybody seems to be so driven. I mean, I know this is a temptation for me. I'm driven. I like to accomplish things. I think this is one of the reasons God has called me to Oakland. But if I'm not careful, I find my identity, my joy, my peace, my contentment, my rest in my ministry accomplishments. But this type of rest is not real rest. This type of rest is fleeting. It's here and then it's gone. Jesus offers us a different kind of rest. Jesus offers us a soul satisfying, never evaporating type of rest. And it's out of that rest that we then can be gentle to others. Again, PCC, our ability to be gentle to others must flow from and reflect. Not only the gentleness we've been given from the Father, but the gentleness we've experienced in Jesus, the King of kings who comes to us, burdened and weary, and says, Come to me, for I am gentle, and I will give you rest for your souls. So we've talked about gentleness in the heart of God. We've seen gentleness displayed in the Son of God, in the person of Jesus. Let's get down to it. Let's talk about gentleness in our lives. Now, I've already shared with you all my shortcomings as a gentle father. COVID world really is driving me crazy. And maybe you're thinking about all your, your failures to be a gentle person or to walk in the spirit of gentleness. But, but here's some good news. The, the, the gentle father who has gently called us is also patiently and gently restoring us and making us more and more like Jesus every single day. Let me me bring us back to that passage in Ephesians. Ephesians chapter four, again, one more time. As a prisoner for the Lord, Paul says, he says, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. Isn't that great? Paul says, I'm begging you. I'm begging you, I'm urging you, in light of your calling, in light of the Father's gentle love for you in the person of Jesus, I'm urging and begging you, be patient, be humble, and be gentle. Because what's what's Paul's desire? Paul's desires that the church in Ephesus, that the church in the Bay Area would be unified, would be together, would be one. In the midst of all the diversity, the ethnic diversity, the generational diversity, the political diversity, the gender diversity, the thought diversity, in the midst of all that diversity, Paul is calling the church to pursue unity through gentleness. We could say it like this without gentleness, there is no unity. Without controlled strength and displayed grace, there is no unity. That's our calling, that's our mandate to, to walk in the Spirit in gentleness for the purpose of unity. And, and my privilege and joy has been to remind you of the gentleness you've received in the Father, the gentleness you've experienced in Jesus. Now, again, I want you to think about those people those people that frustrate you or those relationships where there's tension and division. And again, I want you to think about controlled strength and displayed grace, stepping into those relationships, moving towards those people, not running away with controlled strength, not bottling up my feelings, but not allowing those feelings to dictate how I walk and live and talk, but then taking the next step of displaying grace. Again, what, what are the ways that you can communicate love, worth, and relationship? Sometimes it's a simple phone call. Sometimes it's a, it's a text message. Sometimes it's actually writing out a, a handwritten letter. Sometimes it's forcing yourself to have that hard conversation that you've wanted to ignore for years. But in those moments, communicating love, Worth and relationship, controlled strength and displayed grace. If I can remember this, even as COVID world is driving me bonkers, I can be such a blessing to my children, and you can be a blessing to others as well. PCC, before we kind of wrap up, I want to give you just three kind of practical ways that you can live a gentle life. And I think these have served us uh, in Oakland for our s- first six months. Uh, we've met over 200 people, it's been amazing. We've written all those people, we've written their names down, we've been praying for those people, and many of those people have become uh, sincere friends. Now there's obvious kind of uh, worldview and faith conviction kind of differences between us and our friends, but I feel like these steps towards a gentle life have uh, allowed us to build bridges and build relationships. So number one, take time to listen and love. Relationships don't happen overnight. They don't happen on social media and or, uh, or Twitter. They take time. Real relationships take time. And one of the ways that we can demonstrate our love for people and our sincere care for people is simply listening, getting to know someone, where they came from, their cultural background, their hopes, their dreams, their, their fears, building sincere relationships take time. And the best way we can demonstrate our love for people is simply listening. Number two, and this kind of goes along with number one, but be slow to speak. Oftentimes, we feel like we have to share our opinion on everything. We don't have to do that. We shouldn't do that. One of the best things we can do at times is just be slow to speak. Now, I don't want to minimize the great privilege we have of sharing gospel truth, declaring gospel truth, but sometimes being slow to speak actually creates the platform for us to share the gospel in a helpful way. So let's be slow to speak. And number three, let's meet people in their pain. People are hurting right now. In a number of different ways, for a number of different reasons, people are hurting. And if they're not hurting today, they're gonna be hurting tomorrow. We have to do better as the church to be able to step into people's pain, reflecting how Jesus stepped into our lives and entered into our pain. And not with this desire to fix everything and solve everything, but just to empathize with people, to mourn with those who mourn. What a great privilege it is to enter into people's pain and demonstrate our gospel love and our gospel care for them. Three ways to live a gentle life, really simple. Take time to listen and love, be slow to speak, and meet people in their pain. PCC, it's been an honor to be with you. I'm thankful for you and your witness in the Bay Area. May we together, in the strength of the Holy Spirit, walk in gentleness, a gentleness we've received from our Father, and a gentleness we've experienced in the sun. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for sending your Son, our gentle King, and that despite our rejection of you, you have pursued us and done everything for us that we might experience your gentle embrace. Perhaps there's people out there and they're watching online and they're just tired of trying to find rest by working hard. Instead, I pray that they would hear the call of Jesus who says, I am gentle, come to me, and I will give you rest for your souls. I pray that they would turn from kind of their old life and turn towards you and experience your fatherly care, your gentle embrace, and your your tender love. Heavenly Father, we praise you. Our desire is to honor you and glorify you. We ask all of this in the name of Jesus Amen. Thank you for tuning in to our message podcast here at Peninsula Covenant Church. We would love the opportunity to connect with you more. We are located in Redwood City, California, and you can find us
0: online at wearepcc.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by simply searching for We Are PCC.